T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It is Friday, the final hour of the Friday show here on News Radio 930 WBEN. It's Joe Beamer with you, talking about the breaking developments out of the Diocese of Buffalo. They have filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. A few interviews coming up this hour, but first, let's talk to Ella. Ella, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I've been listening to your program. And some of the speakers brought out some very valid points. Now, I myself was born and raised Catholic, but I married a Lutheran because his mother didn't want him to marry me because I was Catholic. So I married in his church. For 25 years, I've been on both sides of the fence. And the thought that keeps coming through my head, I do not for one minute condone cover-ups. But... Uh, I feel very strongly we were created by a God, and we gave every one of us free will. And it's the people that are doing these things. What about the teachers? What about the scouts? What about the fathers that abuse their own children? I don't know how to put it in the right words, but I hope you get what I'm trying to say. Uh, I do, Ella. I do. But let me ask you, you this. What would it take? I mean, have you lost trust in the Catholic Church? I still do, but it's not man. It's 
else. Right. The churches, the religion. They have good values, but mankind is distorting everything. And that's our choices. We have the right to do right or wrong. We each have that choice. And I feel it's the people, not the Catholic faith or any faith, it's the people that are causing all this mess. Oh, for sure, Ella. I mean, I I agree 100%. The the message of the Catholic Church and and the people that follow it, yes, you know, it it's unfortunately taken a a few bad men to um cast this doubt over it. And I think it's so sad. It really this is we have the best country in the world, Joe. But people don't face reality as real and the truth is always the truth. But we ignore the truth to do what we want to do. Yep. It's mankind, and you're never going to change that. We have free wills. And I'm trying to say it's the people that are doing these things. I don't know how to put it into words, sir. I really don't. Ella, I'm following you. I, I know our listeners are, and we love hearing from you. You have a good weekend, okay? Thank you. Ella in West Seneca opens up a line. Let's go over to Mike. Mike, good morning. Good morning, Joe. I'm driving around listening to uh, everybody's input on this, and uh, I agree with the one gentleman. I think, generally speaking, everybody's got the same thought. Somebody, so, someone needs to be, to be held accountable. And I've got three words for you, Joe. Auxiliary Bishop Grosh. He's been, he's been here through the leadership of Bishop Head, Bishop Manzel, and Bishop Malone. He's handled all the disciplinary actions for the diocese. He knows where the bodies are buried. He's the one that needs to be deposed and held accountable. He's the only one that could answer all the questions that I've been hearing posed to you this morning. Well, Mike, let's, uh, let's hope we see that in the days to come. I do, too. Thank you. Thank you for the call. That's Mike. Opens up a line for you, 803-0930. When we come back, we're going to play back the Charlie Speck interview. And then at 1135, live, we will have Siobhan O'Connor here on WBEN. Earlier this morning, our morning news team, Susan Rose and Brian Mazarowski, talked to Charlie Speck about what is next now that the diocese has Filed for bankruptcy, here's what Charlie had to say on WBEN. The Diocese of Buffalo officially filing for bankruptcy this morning. The diocese facing 250 sex abuse lawsuits. Bishop Edward Scharfenberger holding a news conference this afternoon at 1 o'clock. Channel 7 investigative reporter Charlie Specht has been following this story for years. He's joining us live. Uh, Charlie, what can you tell us at this point in this bankruptcy? So, uh, good morning, uh, Susan and Brian, this is uh, not really a surprise to anyone, but it is still shocking in a sense because uh, this is something that the diocese had fought very hard to avoid ever having to do. Um, you know, it just strikes me that two years ago, um, yesterday is, was a day that Michael Whalen uh, first uh, spoke out about sexual abuse in the diocese. And if you just think about the number of things that have happened since then, it's really stunning. You have a bishop resigning. You have a, a new uh, Child Victims Act being passed, like you said, 260 lawsuits against the diocese, the seminary closed, and now you have uh, a bankruptcy filing. So uh, 
for the diocese, in many of in many ways, this seems to be rock bottom for them, and something they were. Um, always hoping to avoid here. Yeah, something we've been expecting. The diocese itself saying it's been imminent uh, for the past couple of weeks. So we know uh, a few numbers from uh, the filing that they made uh, showing last year uh, a hefty loss. But what else do we know about their finances and the numbers that have led to this? Okay, so the um, the true the diocese, the filing says that they have between ten and fifty million dollars in assets. Between 50 and 100 million dollars uh, in liabilities. We were able to get some internal documents uh, last year that showed the diocese had about 50 million dollars um, on hand. Uh, but that that is if you count all of their properties and such. Um, their most recent financial uh, filing said that they had overall net assets assets of about half of that, 25 million. Um, so there's going to be questions here as the bankruptcy process goes forward as to whether the diocese has tried to shift money um, from its accounts into other Catholic accounts like Our Lady of Victory Basilica, Catholic Charities, other things like that, whether they've tried to, in a sense, hide money. That is prohibited by bankruptcy law, and that's going to be argued and probably fought out and negotiated at some point between the the two sides, the diocese, and then all the creditors now. We call them victims, but the creditors now who have sued uh, the diocese are going to argue about, you know, what what is allowed and, and what's not allowed here. But certainly, you know, not good for any organization to have to file Chapter 11 bankruptcy. It's not a good sign. Charlie, does all of this go to one bankruptcy judge? Would this judge be in charge of the entire diocese? Uh, that's correct, from, from what I understand. Um, the lawyers have told me that essentially this is a process where you have two committees. You have a creditors committee, which is made up of, um, you know, uh, lawyers uh, for for um, sex abuse victims. Then there's all sorts of other professionals that are brought in, like psychologists and therapists and um, people who will be able to, like, sort of evaluate each uh, individual settlement. So each creditor is likely to get some sort of compensation here, but it's not necessarily equal. They don't necessarily all get the same amount. So that has to be decided here. And it really is a negotiation uh, where both sides, you know, after fighting each other and this being a very adversarial process, in some ways this is um, and now the two sides coming together to negotiate, okay, what, what, what are we really talking about here? You know, how much money do you really have on hand? Uh, you can expect the diocese to want to minimize that amount, and you can expect to, you know, the, the plaintiffs to say, wait a minute, you can sell this church, you can do this, that there's money in here. So th- those things are all going to have to be worked out in the coming months. I'm wondering going forward what this might mean for uh, some of the victims who have filed lawsuits. We talked a little bit earlier with Steve Boyd, attorney who represents a lot of those victims who uh, we've uh, sat together with in the studio here before. Um, Looking ahead, I know you've talked to many of these victims. You kind of have an insight on how many more may be out there. Are there more victims who may have been waiting for something like this, may have been waiting for all the moves internally to be made by the diocese before coming forward and filing a lawsuit? Uh, Certainly we know there's more victims out there. I mean, even by, you know, most standards, people coming forward to declare, you know, they've been abused in society in general is roughly around, you know, 10% of of the actual victims. 
Um, it, the Diocese of Buffalo, because of the intense media coverage and you know even national publicity it receives, you can imagine that probably a higher percentage of, of victims have come forward in the Buffalo Diocese and have already already filed lawsuits. But I have heard of others that you know are still you know a year later they're they're saying well, I'm not really sure if I have the stomach for this. Eventually, what this is going to do is there's going to be a deadline where the bankruptcy court is going to say, okay, anyone who is interested, you know, who's going to try to make a claim here and sue, there's a cutoff date. So we have until this date, um, you know, to, to be considered a creditor of the diocese. So we could see, you know, more, more coming forward. But um, most of the victims that I've spoken with, it's really a personal decision Uh you know, it has to do with their healing, with where they are in life, their mental state, their emotional state. I don't hear from a lot of victims who are sort of strategizing about what the best time would be. Um, I think it's important to remember that there's going to be a lot of talk about, you know, from experts. Um, you know, the president of Canisius College has talked a lot about, you know, the money involved in this. Um, he's a bankruptcy lawyer. And I think it's important to remember that most of the victims here, Father Paul Seidel, um, priest of the diocese, tweeted out this morning. He said, we need to remember that victims need more than financial compensation, that in the end they want their stories to be told, and they're really looking for the information that the diocese has on hand in its various file cabinets about their abuse and, and what the diocese knew and what they did to stop it, or in many cases, to let it continue. So that those answers are going to be key to to um, any sort of you know closure or settlement that the the victims may receive. Charlie, we're talking with Charlie Speck from Channel Seven this morning on the diocese filing for Chapter Eleven bankruptcy. Are contributions to Catholic charities considered assets of the diocese? So, to be honest, I am not really sure how that's going to all shake out. The diocese has said many times, no, you know, the contributions that you give are are safe. These can't be touched. The diocese has said a lot of things over the last few years that turned out not to be true. So I, I don't know what to really uh, believe here. We did, however, when it comes to Catholic Charities, um, find an internal document this year that someone provided where uh, the Catholic Charities was basically strategizing and saying, hey, we need to really separate ourselves from the diocese here so that some of this you know, money, our money can't be touched. So legally it is a separate entity, but there's many common, um, you, you know, common interests, like the, the bishop is on the board of Catholic Charities. And they, and one of the arguments that they had made in this document was, you know, we, we shouldn't have that. We should have it be very separate so that nobody can claim that, you know, essentially, hey, these are all the same people running these things um, here. So that's something that probably is going to be out. I, I don't think I've I've ever heard of a, a large scale, um, you know, situation where like Catholic Charities money gets used as part of bankruptcy. I, I, I kind of doubt that would happen, but I wouldn't be surprised for someone, you know, at some point to challenge that because, of course, you know, the diocese um, has tried to establish legal entities to uh, shift some of its money. Starting in 2006, uh, they shifted almost 100 million dollars from their main investment account to various other parish accounts. 2006 was when the Child Victims Act was actually first introduced in the legislature. They kind of saw the writing on the wall and, and did that. Um, now, if the, if the bankruptcy judge decides you did that with the sole intent of 
hiding this money, then that could be a problem um, for the diocese. We know uh, a meeting was held with priests earlier this week, and uh, following that meeting, uh, I know at least some priests were told to uh, kind of stay away from the media, not do uh, many outspoken interviews, things like that. Uh, do you think that's directly related to the filing that was to come later this week, or is that a, um, I don't want to call it a gag order of sorts, but is that uh, something that you expect to continue? I wouldn't be surprised. There are definitely, the diocese has taken on, um, you know, definitely a more corporate sort of communications role. They've hired a, a communications consultant from Baltimore, um, a very high-priced um, communications consultant, and uh, all the interviews, you know, I, I spoke with Father Paul Seil the other day, and he said everything has to be kind of approved by him. Um, I know that that meeting really kind of upset a lot of uh, people. It was about bankruptcy, um, but there were we reported on the fact that there were a lot of pedophile priests, you know, the diocese admits they are pedophiles, who were bringing the gifts up to the altar and celebrating Mass with the bishop, and that sp- sparked a lot of outrage. Um, among, you know, the victims here who said this is outrageous and just regular Catholics. One thing that, one way you can view that is one of the first, so the Buffalo Diocese at this moment has 25 pedophile priests on its payroll um, and has has had, had them on, on their payroll for years. One of the first things I'm told that a bankruptcy court would do would be to say all of those guys are coming off the payroll now. Um, so this mass could have been viewed as sort of a going away party for um, for these priests. Uh, Bishop Scharfenberger said it was it was um, you know a matter of penance for them, but we've we've heard other people say that you know it, it had a different uh, tone here. But that is going to be one financial impact is that those priests who you know are abusers are going to have to come off the payroll. Of that is Charlie Specht from earlier this morning with Susan Rose and Brian Mazarowski. After the news here at 1130 with Brendan Keeney, we will have Siobhan O'Connor on live to give her reaction to the day's events here on W. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back. It's Friday. It is Joe Beamer here on News Radio 930 WBEN. If you're just joining us, You've missed a lot this morning. Uh, Breaking situation 
out of the Buffalo Diocese, they have filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Who saw that coming? Uh, They will have a press conference at 1 o'clock this afternoon. As always, WBEN will be there and bring it to you live. So uh, no need to touch that dial. Now, joining us to give her perspective on what's going on is Siobhan O'Connor. Siobhan, good morning. Hi, Joe. Thank you for having me on. You got it. Now, Siobhan, just your initial reaction to the news of bankruptcy. Well, as you alluded to in your preface there, this certainly isn't a surprise. Uh, It didn't come as a shock, but it certainly is still a sadness for me. This is just one more sad day for our diocese and especially for the survivors of this diocese. Siobhan, do you think there is, because now it looks, being being filing under bankruptcy, uh, that some records, some documents that could in state court have been called on won't be called on bankruptcy. Uh, Is that a main concern of yours moving forward? Absolutely. For me, this is another sign that the diocese is more concerned with protecting itself. Previously, it was protecting its assets and its reputation. Now it wants to protect those files because so much of that information is extremely incriminating. It absolutely would have come out in the civil process, and they're going bankruptcy to, again, protect themselves. And that's sadly to the, to the, the survivors' uh, dismay. It's going to prevent more justice from being done in their cases. Yeah, Siobhan, looking at the um, the money on hand for the diocese, and then you throw in their assets and, and what they're worth, you could definitely see this going through without the necessity of bankruptcy. Is that just me, or, or is that how it looks to you? I would agree for sure, and especially when you look back two years ago, uh, Bishop Malone was starting the Independent Reconciliation Program, um, where they were going to be giving money to survivors in order to prevent them from being able to sue them later through any sort of CBA legis- legislation. Um, so they've always been thinking about trying to protect that money. And yet when we look at their records, when we look at their assets and all the property, we know that they have quite a lot of money on hand. And it's just really, really tragic that they've decided to protect that instead of uh, going forward in a process that would have helped survivors. It's all about the money to the diocese. Siobhan, uh, Bishop Ed has now been the temporary bishop for a few months. What are your initial thoughts of the job he is doing at the diocese? Well, when he first came on board, I wanted to give him a chance. I knew that he was stepping into a very difficult situation while also being expected to run his diocese back in Albany, which is no small feat. But I am becoming increasingly concerned that while he may be a better speaker and maybe uh, be able to um, provide a little bit more of a consoling presence than Bishop Malone could, I'm worried that just like with our previous bishops, Scharfenberger is is all about that happy talk about how we're all a family, about how he's going to take care of survivors. And yet when it comes down to it, I really haven't seen actions following those words. And I'm, I'm still trying to be optimistic, but I'm afraid to say that I think he's really not going to make any uh, substantial change or the change that we had hoped for. Is there something he could say at this press conference at one o'clock that would change your mind or change your tune on this bankruptcy? Yes. He could say that he is saddened and very, very disappointed that this bankruptcy filing has had to come to pass, but that he will not allow it to prevent the discovery phase from going forward 
and that he will provide files to the survivors as he has told them in several interviews, including one on WBEN last month, where he said that he would make those files available. He needs to really come through with that because he he doesn't understand what that means to survivors if he's going to just keep offering these these promises and not following through. So if he can promise that bankruptcy does not mean that discovery is prevented or canceled, I know that survivors would be listening and would be very grateful. Yeah, Siobhan, I said the same thing. You know, if bankruptcy is really about the need to reorganize as the diocese, then, you know, at this press conference, please announce that these records, that these documents will still be um, still be released. Because you're right, on numerous occasions, including his introductory press conference, he promised that not only the victims, but that members of the Buffalo Catholic Diocese would be able to see this. And I think that's a huge step in the healing process moving forward. Absolutely. And thank you for mentioning the rest of the diocese. Of course, my focus is always on the survivors. But really, you're right. The people in the pews deserve this information, too, because we've all been part of this scandal. People are suffering because of it, not to the same extent that survivors are. But this has been a real cross for all of us to bear, and we deserve that information. People deserve to know if the priest who married them is a pedophile. People deserve to know that. And so absolutely, discovery would benefit everyone, primarily survivors, but really everyone in our community, Catholic and non-Catholic alike. Uh, Siobhan, have you heard any of uh, what's been going on since bankruptcy at the Rochester Diocese? Do you have any information on that? As far as I know, the process has been somewhat slow as the um, the bankruptcy judge and court kind of got into gear. Um, I know that there's been a lot of negotiations going on uh, between lawyers representing clients and the diocese. So from my perspective, it seems like it's a very slow process. I mean, they filed in September and things are just kind of getting into gear now, um, which suggests that it will be a similarly slow process. And again, that's just elongates the, the survivors' struggles instead of alleviating them. Um, this process we know will be lengthy, and it, it really shouldn't be. Now, Siobhan, I, I know you don't want to make this about you, but uh, my final question has to do with, you know, we, we saw a lot of people taking their anger and, and directing it toward you, towards Charlie at Channel 7, and, and towards those who are really trying to I- expose all of this for the better. Now, obviously... In life, you know, uh, there's only a few people that will will go public, will post things on social media. Do you find, though, that the majority of people are with you? Yes, and increasingly so. I think initially when everything came out in the fall of 2018, a lot of people were kind of defensively attacking me because they just couldn't handle the magnitude of what had been revealed. But now as the months and now years have gone on, I think people are beginning to accept the reality of it, as tragic as it is, and I get much less criticism, um, even in person. It used to be hard sometimes at Mass. People would say things that were difficult to hear, um, and now that really very rarely happens because I think people have, have had to accept it, as difficult as it is. I'm happy to hear that because even for you who, who saw some of this stuff, you know, saw these documents, saw a lot of the stuff firsthand, it had to be difficult for you to believe what you were seeing at first. Absolutely. I mean, there were times when I was taking documents or taking copies just to kind of do a check, like, did I really read that? Is that, they couldn't have really meant that. I must have misunderstood. And then as I began to collect all of this, I realized, no, this isn't my misinterpretation. This is the reality that we're facing. Um, And for me, that's why the discovery process is so very personal, because I know those files. I've filed in those rooms. 
and I want the survivors to have the access that I did, that, that they, they deserve that. That's the least they deserve. Um, and I, I will fight for discovery for them because it's very personally uh, poignant for me. I agree. Hey, Siobhan, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day. Thank you so much, Joe. You're doing a great job with your coverage of this issue. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Siobhan O'Connor joining us live here on WBEN. Remember that press conference, 1 o'clock, here live, WBEN, 9.30 a.m. on the Radio.com app. And a cool new feature on the Radio.com app. Say you missed something, it's not on demand yet, or it's something that we don't regularly put on demand, which is very few. Um, Say you catch the press conference in the middle, and you'd like to start it from the beginning. Well, on the Radio.com app, we have the rewind uh, function, where you can rewind up to 24 hours. So say you tune in at 1.15 and the press conference has already begun. Well, if you're on that radio.com app, you take the uh, thing that says live and you move it to one o'clock and you can listen on tape delay, a cool new feature on radio.com. Hey, we've got one segment left here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer with you for one final segment of the Friday show. Um, so as, as we've been talking about, the, the Buffalo Diocese filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy earlier this morning. Um, it'll now, pretty much all those lawsuits in state court, in state civil court, uh, will be put on hold. And while they organize in bankruptcy court, then... The accusers will be treated, I believe, as creditors in the bankruptcy court, and it'll go from there. So it kind of puts a pause on those who have come forward with a lawsuit, but it doesn't mean that they will be ignored. They will still get somewhat their day in court, but it does take away the what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, it now the diocese will not have to release some very important documents, some documents that illustrate those cover-ups, and I think that's where a lot of people's anger is coming from. You heard Siobhan mention it. You heard Charlie mention it. Um, I've been talking about it all morning, as well as a lot of our callers. And you know what? I know one show is not going to change people's mind. Um, I know one, one more story is not going to change everyone's mind. Um, but again, I, I, I don't want to end the show on a negative. So I'm going to say this quick and then I'm going to cover something else in the last five minutes. It amazes me how people can take their anger over this topic and not direct it at those responsible, not direct it at the Buffalo Diocese, not directed at the priest who abused and the priest who covered up and the members of those parishes that covered it up and the members of the diocese and the past bishops and their staffs who covered it up. No, they're not angry at those people. They're angry at the media. They're angry at Siobhan. They're angry at Charlie. Some on the text board are angry at me. I can understand people being mad at me over a lot of things. But I can't understand people being angry 
when looking at this situation to the people who are talking about it, to the people who are demanding the truth be told. Just show the documents. Release the evidence. If you're not hiding anymore, if the cover, if the days of cover-ups are over, then just release your documents from the past. That's how you heal. That is the beginning to heal, is to just be honest, especially with your members, especially with those who, look at this weekend. There are people who are going to give their whole weekend to their church. They're going to volunteer at a fish fry tonight. They're going to help out with a charity tomorrow. And then they'll help out at church on Sunday, and they'll be at church on Sunday. And they'll give to the offering. I think, I think everybody deserves to know the truth. But especially those who give a lot of their time, a lot of their effort, a lot of their money to the Catholic Church. They especially deserve to know what's been going on. What has been going on at the Buffalo, the Diocese of Buffalo for the last five or six decades? Those people deserve to know what they're giving to, where their effort's going. The Catholic Church does a lot of good. If there's nothing left to hide, then just be honest. Release the documents of the past. If the future is going to be different, right? If there's really a zero tolerance policy and the days of covering up are done, are behind us, I don't see what's so wrong with at this press conference, press conference starting the process of releasing those documents. And we'll see what happens. Again, it's about an hour away at 1 o'clock. We will bring you that press conference live as Bishop Ed will um, talk about bankruptcy. And we'll see what else he decides to talk about. Well, hey, we got two minutes left. And I just want to say, as you know, I had the flu on Monday. And I've had the flu once that I can remember in my entire life. I get it the year I decide to get a flu shot. Only the second year I've ever had a flu shot. Not one to usually get it, and I got the flu. So, flu shot for next year? Questionable. But I definitely need to get myself one of those bottles of uh, Purell to put on my keychain during flu season. I'll tell you that. Also, fish fry tonight. Everyone going to their favorite place. First fish fry Friday of the year. I love fish fries. Love it. Like I said, I'm not a Catholic, but during Lent season, we have some of the best fish fries in the country right here in Western New York. So kick off your Friday right, get a fish fry, have a few adult beverages if you'd like, and enjoy your weekend. We're going to warm up towards the end of it. 
will be in the high 40s next week. Looking forward to that. Also looking forward to hearing Brendan Keeney's voice at noon. Nonstop news at noon with uh, BK. Tomorrow at 10 o'clock on GR. Don't forget to tune in to Tony Caligari inside high school sports. And on Sunday, Hardline, myself and Brenda Alacy, we have an uh, entertaining show for you as always. So we'll see you then. Everyone, have a great weekend. Rush is next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.